Hello and welcome to another episode of the Men's Wear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. On this episode, I'm going to talk to the founder of Oliver Co., Matt Oliver. Established in 2017, Oliver Co. is a sustainable vegan travel goods brand based in London. The company was started by Matt Oliver, a product designer who, having studied sustainable design and previously worked in high-end watch design, wanted to apply both of his skills to create a sustainable brand with the same level of detail and craftsmanship. Their aim is to try and disrupt an industry and change people's perceptions of sustainable products through using innovative new sustainable fabrics and working with high-end manufacturers they want to create minimalistic highly functional products for today's world and you can check oliver co out online over at olivercompanylondon.com and here is matt in his own words telling me how it all began so so we call ourselves a uh, sustainably progressive accessories brand um so we produce card holders wallets and, and various other products using some of the, the latest material innovations in the market uh, and, and through working with, with high-end manufacturers and, and creating products that are designed to last, we're, we're ultimately uh, aiming to reduce our environmental impact, impact as much as possible, um, but without compromising in the, uh, the product's design or looks. Um, so as well as, as I know many of the brands on, on your show are, um, we're also a direct-to-consumer company. Um, so this really allows us to, to cut out the middlemen associated uh, with a more traditional retail approach and essentially allows us to spend more money on the things that, that matter for us, which is high quality materials and, and ethical craftsmanship, um, while still selling it at a, at a competitive price. And how um, old is the company? So, so we started in 2017. So um, that's kind of where the initial idea first came about. And um, so I was working... Uh, for a watch brand at the time um, and whilst trying to, to shop more sustainably myself um, specifically for a wallet actually um, kind of the desirability design and, and, and overall branding um, from from more sustainable companies I felt was really lacking in comparison to the company that I was working for um, so I thought if you know we as product designers to kind of help solve the climate crisis um, we really need to be creating products that are good in terms of design and longevity, if not better, um, but inherently have a, a lower impact and a, and a better for the environment. Um, so, yeah, so basically from, from my experience, I saw an opportunity to create Oliver Co and, and really focus on good design, good branding uh, and desirability uh, whilst having sustainability and, and transparency built into sort of the foundations from the outset. What transferable skills can you do or can you take, say, from what you did with the uh, watch company into what you're doing now. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I've done watch design in, in sort of two capacities. I, I worked um, in-house for brands, but uh, within a design consultancy. Um, so with the in-house work, it was, you know, there were some aspects of design, but ultimately it was more, um, there was a lot of project management, um, a lot of liaising with factories, a lot of back and forth, you know, with design and design development. Um, and, and kind of seeing the design from from start to finish, and I guess that's kind of what what gave me the confidence and skills to to feel like I could start Oliver Co and and, and bring a product to market. Um, but as well, working in in a small brand like that, um, you know, there's a lot of exposure to to different areas of the company. Um, you know, from like marketing, e-commerce, operations, but you know, marketing specifically. 
um, you know, and the desirability that they, that they were able to get, you know, that's kind of what I really wanted to encompass with Oliver Co. and kind of what sparked the idea at the time. But then, um, sort of going on from there, that's so I had the initial idea that was 2017. I was working in house, and then um, I started working in um, high-end watch design, but in the design consultancy. And um, it's very different, actually, to the in-house work because it was a lot more, um, a lot more design-focused, and um, you know, it was with, it was it was very high-end, high-end design. So it's just an insane amount of detail. Um, you know, often some of the watches would take you know one or two years of, of design development before it kind of went to market. Um, so I guess that was where I really learned, you know, what it takes to make. A, a premium product and, and kind of the details that you can go to. I mean, we literally went to sort of 0.05 of a mil at times on, on some of these watches. Like the, the, the detail was, was insane. Um, so I've really tried to transfer uh, those skills to Oliver, to Oliver Co and, and kind of refocus in on the details of the products. Nice. And what crazy things, I'm going to kind of throw you under the bus with this one, but with the designing yeah. of the watches, what kind of crazy things are you designing like the style of the watch and then getting right down to the minutiae or are other people kind of designing the watch and go right now, how can I make this a reality? Let's get Matthew on the phone. So it's, it basically works by there's a, there's a team who create the movement inside the watch often. So that's like all the engineers who are putting together, um, yeah, how the, how the watch is going to work inside. And then essentially the, what my job would be would be to design the, the shell around the, everything you can see. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, pretty, that's pretty much the way to explain it. everything you can see on the watch is, is pretty much the, pretty much my job. Yeah. And do you get to be flamboyant and go, right, I want to kind of make this a skeletal looking watch where we can see the workings and the gubbins, or do you have to be fair, like fairly straight laced with what you're putting together? Yeah. I, I, very much dependent on the brief. I mean, yeah, it's been all sorts of crazy watches that, yeah, just look absolutely insane. And then there's other ones that are much more stripped back, much more minimal. Um, yeah, kind of de depends on the sort of customer base they're going for. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's all very different. Yeah, there's been a, over the years a real selection of different watches. Well, we'll only do another 30 minutes on watches, Matthew, and then we'll get yes. to uh, Oliver Kerr. <laughs> have you, uh, no worries. Have you, have you done any kind of like household or marquee name brands that we might have heard of, like the designs for Amigo or anything like that, for example? Um, I'm actually not allowed to, I'm not allowed to say from a ah, design. So that's a yeah. yeah. We might have to, yeah, skip For the listeners out there, he's kind of given the one eyebrow, which is code for yes, he has, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. No all right, let's uh, switch gears. Let's get, I want to, I want to hear all about um, Oliver Co. So maybe you can touch upon the sustainability and the types of levers and the materials, because these are obviously very, very pertinent to the brand, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so yes, one of the main materials we use is is called apple leather. Um, so it's a, it's a type of bio-based uh, vegan leather that's made from apple waste from the fruit juice and compote industry in Italy. And um, it's a quite it's, it's quite a cool story how it how it came about, which I'll try and keep short. But essentially, it was created by this guy called Alberto Volcan, um, and he was an inventor in Italy. And uh, back in two thousand four, at the time, he was trying to come up with a, a commercial glue that was made out of this apple waste because the apple waste has quite a lot of cellulose in it and it, it, it basically makes it possible to turn turn it into like a glue-like substance. And um, anyway, for, for whatever reason, um, it, it didn't work. Um, 
but as as all great Italians would do in that situation, he decided to place it through a pasta machine. Um, <laughs> don't ask me how he came to that conclusion, but essentially the sort of the thin material that um, he ended up making kind of sparked the idea of how it could potentially be used for a fabric. And today that kind of forms the basis of, of what Apple leather is. And um, you know, from a sustainability standpoint, um, you know, the waste produced from the Apple industry, it's a, there's, there's a huge amount of it. Um, and uh, it's a completely renewable resource. So of course the apple tree isn't cut down. A single tree can, can keep producing apples for, for hundreds of years. But I guess most importantly as well is, it, is it, it's that natural waste stream. Um, in that the apples can't be grown, they're not grown specifically for the production of the leather fabric. So instead the, the apple waste is produced as a byproduct of the industry. So it right. otherwise be end, up, end up in landfill or, or be burnt um, in most cases. So the fact that it gets, it utilizes that natural waste stream is, is, is great. And, um, so in comparison to a lot of leathers and faux leathers, it has a much lower impact in terms of the global warming, water use and, and pollution. Right. Um, yeah. Can you, can you make like leather suits out of apple leather or is it just very kind of like accessory? Depending? I'm pretty sure you could make a, yeah, you could make a suit suit out of out of apple leather they've got lots of there's different types of um of apple leather that the the manufacturer produces so different sort of textures and um thicknesses so sure yeah why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll have, a, have to have an offline chat about making a, a bespoke apple suit <laughs> be right yeah let's yeah let's do it let's make it happen um, we're also having a chat offline about all the, I mean, the other sustainable and bioproduct levers that are out there, like the cactus lever, for example. Are there any other kind of products on the market that you've got half an eye on at the moment that you might introduce? Yeah, I'm, so, I mean, it's, it's the industry's constantly, constantly innovating in this area. Um, yeah, it's, it is an exciting time to to be a part of it, and um, you know, one one of the things that at the, as it currently stands, um, you know, the, the the use of like a, a polyurethane um, within within these biomaterials is, is quite um, quite a uh, pivotal pivotal part of it because it adds the durability, um, which is obviously a really important aspect of sustainability. But as technology is progressing, we're becoming less um, reliant on on the addition of polyurethane. So more recently, there's been some materials coming out that are they're all made from entirely natural inputs. So um, yeah, we're, we're we're right on that and um, we're sampling with some of those fabrics as we speak. So, yes, constantly it's moving so fast. Um, but but luckily we're in a position now that we're sort of right on the cusp of it. And, um, yeah. I'm curious that you, you, you keep mentioning we. So I'm, I'm curious how many people are now part of the company? Yeah. So, I mean, it's predominantly, predominantly run by myself. Um, so I mean, I we are a small company, so I'll be I'll be working on any on everything from sort of marketing, product, operations, customer service, basically everything. Right. But also, I do work with uh, with agencies. I've got friends in the industry that I work for a lot, and freelancers um, that very much help with the digital marketing, the PR, um, and also within sustainability. So just making sure that we're thinking in the right way in all parts of the business, not just the product design. Right. Um, so. Yeah, it's that that kind of what is that encompasses the we, but it's we're still very small, and it's it's predominantly run by myself for now. 
this must be not just a nine to five for you, but a way of life, right? I mean, I, I remember working in a pub once and the, the landlord said, look, you're not just going to be working nine to five here. This is going to be uh, working behind a bar is a way of life, he told me, right? As he gave me like four hours overtime unpaid every night. <laughs> okay. So, I digress. But it must be something similar to you where it just feels like you're, you're kind of living the brand. This is your baby. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty all encompassing. Um, you know, the, like the, especially like the customer service side of things, like it doesn't really ever, ever start. We've got to keep on top of it and make sure that, you know, I'm constantly in regular contact with customers. And um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> living in, in, a, in a studio flat with, with my partner, with sort of accessories kind of falling out of every, every crevice, really, is samples everywhere. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly all encompassing. So I think talk to me about how that part works, please, Matthew. So when you have the stock, I mean, this isn't like a, a book that someone can put on Amazon and just have print on demand. I imagine that you have to, um, well, raise the capital, produce the products, and then, like you say, you'll have it in, in wait for people when they come and order it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so we order the stock in advance, and then um, we have a fulfill, fulfillment partner that we work with. So um, I'll send the stock to them, and when an order comes through, they can package it up and, and send it on. Um, and essentially that that's how it works and it, it connects directly to the website and um yeah it's all it's all fairly fairly streamlined and, and efficient and how do you raise the capital for the brand did you think about doing kickstarter campaigns or anything like that or did you just kind of front it all no i i it, it, i really started it it's been it's been quite a slow um slow progression so back in 2017 um when i first had the idea i kind of designed a wallet um initially and and found a found a manufacturer that would produce only 30 so that i mean that is the good thing about accessories was that there was this low minimum order quantity right. so i bought 30 and i sold 30 and i bought 50 and sold 50 and um yeah just grew it, grew it from that really um so yeah no initial um capital i think the only real um kind of initial expense was uh for the apple letter itself because that at the time it was um it literally just come out and and for them these small um these small orders for for small businesses wasn't really their interest so i had to i had to upfront order a lot of apple leather right. um but but i really believed in it so it, it seemed like a, a good idea um and yeah kind of built it built it from there really interesting Oh, congrats mate i mean the website looks great people can check that out olivercompanylondon.com and your Instagram looks looks pretty neat. All the professional photography. Are you hands on with that as well? Do you kind of do the posts and the photography, or is that outsourced? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a bit of a mixture. But I try and do a lot of it myself. Um, I've also again, I've got friends who um, are very good at, at photography and content production, so I work with them. Um, but also, I've been working in, in studio more recently. Um, yeah, so a bit, bit of a mixture, really, that content. But yeah, I do like to get hands on with it. I enjoy that side of it quite a lot. And what's next for you, man? Are you uh, looking to kind of branch out with different product categories or are you, are you going to get that? Apple yeah. Made? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this year, yeah, this year is going to be exciting for us, I think. So we, we've got a lot of new products coming out. Um, so some new small accessories as well as some larger ones. We've got a backpack, shopper bag, clutch bag. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, a busy time for, for product development at the moment. Um, but what I'm also 
really excited about developing. So we've got a more, trying to create more experimental side of the business. So one of the things I really wanted to do when I started Oliverco was, was to be part of innovation and sustainable design and, and try and come up with new ways to tackle the, the huge issue of waste in the industry um, you know, from a manufacturing standpoint, but also kind of what happens to the products after the, their useful life, after the customer's finished using them. Um, so we've been working on a project for the last six months now where we're trying to create a one of our card holders, but from a, a single renewable mono material. So no glues um, and basically has the ability to be fully recycled after its after its useful life. So yeah, we've had some great developments with that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing more, um, but we really hope it's going to be a big step in, in circular design and, and sustainability with the industry. Nice. That sounds exciting. Uh, yeah. How would you stay on top of these kind of news and trends with sustainability? Like for someone that's listening now that are looking to get a bit more greener in their lives, how would they kind of coordinate their news feeds? What sort of people should we be following? What sort of brands should we be looking out for? Do you know what I mean? How do we keep on top of what to do and what is right with the client? Yeah, sure. I mean, in terms of looking um, for brands, um, there's a few that... um, so a retailer that we work work for, a guy uh, called Public Fiber. So shout out to Public Fiber. Um, they're really creating a, an awesome um, sort of uh, curated online platform where you can shop sustainable brands. Um, another good one out there was uh, Immaculate Vegan. Um, and also uh, one that we recently started working with was Apumo, who really support small independent brands and kind of... A, real really sort of encompass the, the ethos of, of what we're trying to do which is you know really like good unique designs um that uh yeah put craftsmanship kind of at the forefront so there's some there's some good yeah that's good, good uh, online retailers out there and um yeah i guess the instagram algorithm is getting a bit clever so i guess if you start kind of following some of these brands then hopefully it'll start pushing more sustainable yeah. brands at you and then uh yeah, that's, I guess, the the, po- the really positive side to the, the algorithm. For people that want to get more orientated with sustainability, then following other brands like yourselves can actually only be a good thing for you, right? Because it's, you know, it's uh, boosting your platform simultaneously. Hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, and I think it's, it's been quite refreshing, actually, within, within the sustainability um, industry is that it's, it's, it seems to be that we're rooting you know, rooting for each other in a way, a lot of the brands. Um, Are you all on a WhatsApp group? <laughs> yeah, well, there, no, there is, well, there is some, there are um, WhatsApp groups for, for circular design in particular that we're a part of. So um, from all different kinds of industries, we, we, we joined that and that's been great to kind of learn what's going on in the industry outside of, um, outside of fashion. And um, yeah, so yeah. no, there is, it is, it's very, um, there is a bit of a community going on and um that's no, great have you got any plans to do any bricks and mortar any pop-ups now that exhibitions are opening up etc i think in in time i think for now the focus is is still very much online but yeah i really hope in the future in not so distant future yeah we'll, we'll be able to do some pop-ups around london and yeah that'd be great great well in the meantime people can still check out the website and uh we'll leave a link over on the show notes but yeah thanks a lot matthew take care of yourself No worries. Thanks a lot, Peter. 
Thank you, Matt. Once more, you can check out the collections we mentioned over at olivercompanylondon.com. We'll leave all the details and links on the show notes over at menswearstyle.co.uk. And we're on the social at menswearstyle. Give us a follow. Let us know you're listening. Share with a friend. Or don't. (laughs) You are the master of your own fate, as Henley once said. Or was it Sarah Connor? Doesn't matter. If you want to be a guest on the show, tell us about your brand. Tell us about your journey. You can email us here at info at menswearstyle.co.uk. And until next time, 